Welcome to this episode of the Let's Talk Preventative Healthcare Podcast, brought to you by the Academy for Health Equity, Prevention and Wellbeing. The Academy has been developed in partnership with Betsy Cadwallader Health Board and is part funded by the Welsh Government. Hi everybody, welcome to today's podcast. So today's episode is all about health promotion and what we mean by health promotion in a community setting. So I'm really happy today to be joined by Robin Ramson, who is a Senior Health Improvement Practitioner at Betsy Cadwallader University Health Board. So welcome, Robin. Thank you very much for inviting me here. It's good. It's good to have you here. And I really appreciate your time because I know everybody's super busy at the moment, um, especially in health promotion and public health. So so thank you for joining us. I'm really interested and I think our listeners would be really interested to just know you work in the Wrexham area, Kai Park area, and you lead a team there. So could you tell us a little bit about your sort of day to day activities and what a normal day might look like for you? Yeah, yeah, I can do. I I wouldn't say any are normal or uh, any of that similar, to be fair, but I'll give you a flavour of, of what we do. Like you said, we are, it is quite a busy, busy time at the minute. We're noticing a lot more people sort of coming our way, asking for stuff from a number of sectors like workplaces and the school settings that they're back in as well already, um, where actually previous years, actually, we've been trying to drum up sort of work for us and try and connect with the communities where now we're so as well known here in the area um and also people are wanting it and noticing especially for people that they're working with or if they're supporting others in their roles that it's so high on their agenda so yeah my role i'm the senior health improvement practitioner so leading the team um but i also cover a physical activity remit as well as some substance misuse stuff as well. Um, and then week by week, we, we, we deliver a range of programs. So whether we're in a community setting um, where we've recruited people through sort of nurse practitioners, uh, other agencies and GPs for a need, whether it's weight management or physical activity-based um mental health and emotional well-being boosting programs as well or stress management uh, so we'll deliver those uh say in the morning or an afternoon setting in like a community venue or we'll be in like a, a workplace environment a college the schools delivering either a program-based uh, activity or like a one-off session if they want to talk if they're covering something like in the school around like healthy eating or well-being and they want a one-off session they get us in for those things too um it very much moves and changes with the seasons very different depending on the need you can imagine like january the 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 demand for that behavior change work that we can offer uh, and deal with programs like that um but then as the build-up to like christmas maybe you're looking at like the stress management stuff that people are dealing with um that is more required um so yeah it can be it can change quite a bit when the schools like are on holiday like we have been this summer we try to put activities on um often we're going into those those settings where actually when they're closed we can do a lot more with our sort of adult-based community groups or charity groups um or we can put stuff on that we can hopefully entice like families over to. So a typical week this summer, we put on this breakfast club. Oh, We've right. had some yeah. nice donations where we could put on some fun activities and free cereal and toast for 
for families in the area to come to. And we partnered up with Fly and Start with that one in our area on Kai Park. So, oh, that's yeah, amazing. It's so very that varied. Was that, quite, was that free to everybody then in the community? Yeah. Yeah, we did that. We made it with free. We advertised it around the area. And you, you know what? Even even only getting like a handful of families to that. And we did it one day a week, every every week of the summer holidays. It was such a nice opportunity. Families were mixing. They were making new friends and contacts. Uh, and it was, yeah, really well received. It would be always nice getting more families and now to that. But you know what? If put on a breakfast club at nine o'clock and everybody wants to be out of the house uh, uh, on the summer holidays as well. But I know there's maybe have already had their brekkie and stuff, but there's, there's a lot that goes on. So we try and make sure we're, we're involved, really. That's amazing. That, I think that's fantastic. I've not heard of anything like that in a sort of community setting. I think that's great. It sounds like your team is really busy. You do some fantastic stuff. I mean, your background is, is physical activity more, isn't it? Talk, talk to me a little bit how important you think exercise is within all of this, because you, you do quite a lot yeah, on exercise, don't you? Yeah, it's a biggie for me personally. I mean, I did the sports science degree after um, being so enthusiastic with sport and fitness throughout my school years. Uh, and maybe at the time when I went to uni, was thinking about maybe looking at PE teaching as a career. But while I was there and I was on the sports science degree, I was like, I really, I quite like to look into sort of the health aspect a bit more. So I did my pathway. I could have split like sports performance or that sort of teaching coaching thing or towards a health um health side of it and i went i went down that route did some personal training qualifications as well uh and was working in uh, a local leisure center throughout the um final years of the degree and carried that on really and that that was when the passion was i think helping people on that level mm-hmm. and realizing the benefit of getting people more active and the the changes in people from it um so when i left uni I worked at the U. I was in Lancaster and I got a role um, doing a studentship post-grad work with Glyndor University, changed its name now to Wrexham University, yeah. uh, within their sports science department. And they were looking into childhood obesity as a topic for a number of years. And then after that, I was with the exercise referral scheme in Wrexham for a couple of years. And then I met this team that I'm now part of and leading. Uh, and just it was just like a nice flow into it and that very much focused on my knowledge and expertise on fitness and sport and exercise and how sharing that and getting people it's sometimes not on their radar or they've got barriers to getting started with it or whether it's something that they've they, they've done in the past and they, they they don't know how to get back into it so that's where that my role within the team is always yeah being an advocate for it and really promoting it hard and encouraging and supporting those who want to get into it. Yeah, wow. We're lucky as well. We've got lots of lots of great partners in the local area, whether there's offers for free sessions that they can do like the leisure services or the active recs and teams going into places to to deliver stuff and we'll deliver stuff with my qualifications and some of the others in the team where we can put on taster sessions for free or for just a couple of quid to try and snowball their adherence in something yeah it's amazing that's it's a lovely journey actually to hear how you sort of you know you've got this background in exercise but you know you've got this passion of health as well and I think 
your skills sound amazing to be honest so needed because we know how much the research shows doesn't it how how important exercise is for your physical health but also your mental health as well and it's very needed in your area I'm just interested a little bit of how how did the team come about in Wrexham like in in terms of this particular Kai Park could tell us a bit about the background about why it was felt that it was needed in this area it's so, it's so frustrating how it's so needed in so many areas as well yeah. and Tracy how it works and there's so much evidence from from us being a team in existence and and others are like in in Scotland have been doing other health improvement stuff and promotion stuff better for quite a while and in England it's a little bit different it's a little bit more competitive against like other like privacy stuff like virgin health and things like that will will sort of they'll have to fight for the work between that and the health board where in wales we're, we're the only team who's doing this this side of what we do where i've i've always felt like the exercise and the other stuff that we cover as well that community-based level of if we can improve a lot of people's moods and lifestyles in general whether it's diet exercise substance stuff if we can improve that gosh it can have a massive impact and reduce strain on the nhs but this would need investing in so yeah the team itself this one we used to be called the kai park health team because of where we're based uh but was always employed by the it's always part of the health board so in 2003 there was issues on the estates unfortunately like rioting and and problems in the community um, so the public service board, when they got together and met to discuss how we can go forward and sort of support the area in different ways, uh, the response was a few things, including a team that does this health promotion type things, where initially it was a clinical team. So there was nurse practitioners doing screening, blood pressure checks and recommending clinical um, support. Uh, and then in 2009, it changed into the format that we are still today. And it works so much better um, because it's a little bit more user friendly in a way for the community. We're, we're, we're more visible. We're seen regularly. They can uh, they can attend things on a regular basis that we're, we're doing and offering. And we will see people move into a range of courses. So the team, we've got three nutritionists. Um, we've got two mental health practitioners as well. There's an assistant practitioner who very much has done so many CPD qualifications and things around it. She supports all of the work that we do and my physical activity stuff. Uh, and what we're trying hard to do is make sure it's always merged. So we'll deliver in pairs and we'll, we'll be learning off one another. We'll do extra qualifications on top of our sort of degrees and masters so we can really enhance what we can offer in each other's areas. So we've got one of the mental health practitioners, also a yoga instructor. Wow. A few of them are all doing like um, some fitness training qualifications as well, so they can offer more. I've gone on to a range of emotional well-being programs as well as nutrition courses, so I can keep offering out. And then we're always there to share each other's messages. Um, but I think the area... It, it would always be hard to say, look at look at all the improvements we've made because it's not it's not that sort of a job, is it? You can't you can't show that. Individual levels, you probably could. You could say from your feedback you're getting from your programs, these people are saying how better they feel. They've got improved mobility, they are eating better, and that's sort of snapshot stuff. But 
looking at generationally, that's where the change will come. Yeah. But the work that we do can only be surface level. The families and the and the community members that we see on a regular basis, it can never be on a bigger scale until we can change wider things, the culture all around it, the attitudes of many on the estate for for health and well-being and lifestyles. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I just wanted, I wanted to touch on that, you know, how important is people's, the social determinants of health and the environment to their health? And, and within that is the culture, isn't it? The family's culture. But I mean, the yeah. stuff that you do, it sounds, I mean, I can't help thinking it sounds amazing. It's like an amazing team. But working with the community is key, isn't it? Getting it them is. to accept you, getting, you know, you understanding yeah. their culture and working with them, because I guess that's where we're going to see the shift when we see it within families. Yeah. Yeah. And that took time. Building relationships took time. I've I've been here coming up 10 years and so is one of our other practitioners where the others have been here a, a couple of years. Um, but we're all building those relationships on that regular basis because we have to be visible. We have to be doing that community engagement because we know what those wider influences that are getting all the time from mass media stuff, from what's going on around the world even. We're so interdependent of each other nowadays but we also are on a bit of that sort of individualistic sort of journey with it can be quite a selfish world and it's like we we are impacting one another all the time so it's trying to spread kindness more and sensible easy achievable healthy changes for them that really do impact their well-being it, and it can be from the simplest things, can't it? If we're teaching somebody um, a, a cookery program, a new recipe, but actually the biggest thing they've got is they've come for the, the last like couple of months and they've met new people, made some friends, and they're going to bond over that and they're sharing that journey. And it, I did, um, I did my masters in health, mental health, and well-being with Glendore recently. And I interviewed a load of walking footballers because I was like, oh, I, I quite, there's, there was a lot of data on like the benefits of it anyway. It's like, why? Yeah, but why do people attend it? And it was so nice interviewing so many regular people. And it was, you know what? They needed to be around others, share the banter, things that they used to do. Some people hadn't actually played football their whole lives. Others had. There was a bit of a divide in the group, but they were all sharing this same need to be around others. So, yeah, it's no wonder one of the, the five ways to well-being messages that we, we always promote is connecting with others. So Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the research is huge on that, isn't it? The importance of social yeah. networks. And, and you know, I think we're still dealing a lot from COVID, you know, due to that isolation, you know, on, again, on your mental health, but your physical health. But, yeah, it's been around for a long time in the research, how important um that social capital and having you know strong social networks are for your health and I think that you're very aware of that in, in your team aren't you and your links with the community we are because that's and that social group sometimes can be quite toxic and negative at the same time can't it we, if, if, like we're seeing a lot this last this previous school year was quite entertaining because I was going in to many sessions and even did like teacher training sessions on energy drinks and prime being this new mm. sort of isotonic type thing that's come out and has just grabbed hold of mm. our primary school ages as well like young people 
in this need to get these bottles and have these drinks. They don't even like the drinks, most of them. It's right. But if they're getting into that sort of a culture where they have to do it and they have to fit it. And it was, I mean, we had things when I was at school, at high school, it was rock ports and a Helly Hansen jacket. There was something that people wanted as that image. And we feel like our, our role a lot of the time is to portray things that, yeah, we've seen before and that we're meant to do and fit in with our, our culture and society around us. So it's hard, it's hard to make a change and go, you know what, it'd be great kids if you just like had like a bottle that you refill with water. It's yeah. great. It's really good. Yeah. We're really lucky yeah. in North Wales. It's, it's yeah. really good, for, really good stuff. So yeah. yeah. Well, what a good idea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I mean, that whole prime thing, it's crazy, isn't it? But I guess it just makes us realize how, how we are all, not just, you know, children, we're all influenced by the media, aren't we? We're all influenced yeah. by the societal pressures and it's even harmful yeah. for children. Um, so I guess, you know, again, back to the work that you do, you know, uh, in terms of change, you know, the importance is focusing on young people, isn't it? How it, Do you feel like that's a lot of what you do, focus on the younger generation? We were, I would say we, we, we do go in a little bit, but we're mainly doing stuff with adults in the community. It'd be nice if we did more and more, but the school's new um, well-being element of the national curriculum in Wales has really supported that. So we have done little bits this last school year. The previous one, there wasn't still a desire for external groups to go into school setting post-COVID and, and not wanting too much extra pressure and hassle of having others coming into the setting, where last school year we definitely did a lot more. Um, and even the sixth form college here in Wrexham as well, we go into and have similar topics being covered for them, like the the lifestyle things and the behavior change stuff and trying to support them to make those changes. But for us, there needs to be a whole system approach. It can't just be us delivering or the healthy schools team or the teachers delivering these messages when it's so hypocritical of us then to give them the free school meal that is full of highly palatable, highly processed food week after week. And it's like, we're not packing them full of fruits and veggies, but we have to tell them food and mood is such a biggie and fruits and vegetables are really important. And then we're not, we're not providing that. But also for us, the parenting wise, it's, we want to have the great conversations with the parents and support them because the little kids we get to see in the school great but they're not doing the shopping we want to yeah we want to be able to make those lasting changes yeah Um, it's working with families isn't it so to you know across the lifespan I guess working with children when you can but also working with adults because they're the role models they're doing the shopping like you said you talk about the school meals really interesting I saw something I think it might have been on social media but it was a picture and it was Mm. about 10 different countries and what they give their children for school matches Oh, gosh. And then, of course, the one in America, you know, was just some sort of hot dog and crisps. Yeah. And, and, and British one was was dreadful. And then you had the European mm. style and the Asian, and it was just so much more healthier. Yeah. And It's not know, hard to do. And it's so frustrating that we're making it difficult. Yeah. And we've taken decisions away from the schools because it's too easy for them to say, I'll, I'll do what the rest of the schools do in the county. And we go with the, the county supplier and then they're at the mercy of what they're provided then. Yeah. So it would take a lot of headmasters to get together to all go, this isn't acceptable. We need this to improve. Uh, but it never seems to really happen. 
Um, so yeah, it needs a bigger a bigger whole system push yeah. for it. But then the schools as well being such a an opportunity for stuff to happen, get the parents into your community, but they need more time and money to be able to do that because yeah. they haven't got necessarily the space or they don't want the staffing hours after school to be focused on that as well. So it needs to be like during the school time if the parents are free or after school for those working parents. But it needs everybody to be up for it and on board. It is a really fun, tricky conversation that many are having now. Yeah, there is there is something uh, later today that a couple of the nutrition colleagues actually are going to, a whole system approach to healthy weight. And it's oh. like, we, we, we know it needs everybody to do it. Like government-wise, lots more needs to be improved to make the UK in general be able to make some better healthy decisions because we're not. It's not our culture right now. It's we're making it harder. We're making.